What do I want? It's a question that everyone eventually has to ask themselves. The key motivator for every action taken. The cause behind every effect. So, what do I want? I want to go to a sporting event in every major venue. I want to grow within my relationships with my friends and my family. I want the freedom to create without the fear of failure. I want to dream without being hindered by reality. I want to chase new passions, new experiences, and new goals. I want old milk to branch out of the box and try new things. I'm accomplishing some of these goals right now, and I know what I need to do to achieve the rest of them. However, the one thing you should take away from this commercial is, I want you to buy old milk merch. base i mean when i was a part of it like it was kind of like a little bit of like a like nerdy thing in a way not mm-hmm. not nerd that's not the right word but you know what i mean where it's like it just wasn't it wasn't like this like i didn't think of kaye as like a, a leader of like the youngest generation it was mm-hmm. like this one generation really loves him and has like passed him down to our generation in a way that was like all right so you have like two whole generations of fans that like really really resonate with like multiple eras of music from this person but now it's like the youngest youngest fans love him like in a way that's crazy and it it really it really started with like it sounds weird to say this, but it, it really started with like the Yeezy 350s. Like those those shoes, once people started wearing them and then like the Yeezy season stuff became more popular. His his fan base is like a strange section of yeah. people. I, I think what we're really seeing is obviously our generation grew up with um the internet and like maybe like a few three, four years after us grew up with the internet as well. But I feel like we can all remember a time when we didn't care. Like we had our toys, we had our Hot Wheels, our, I don't know, people had uh, Barbie dolls or whatever, like whatever actual tangible form of entertainment that wasn't a screen. I feel like we can all remember that. And now we're dealing with a generation that that doesn't exist at all. So in a way, we're really seeing the real, the first um, results of this internet experiment. And it's kind of weird to see, because even in the, like, I put the Kanye things in the same category as the Elon Musk things, where it's like, you have, again, like these extremely young kids who haven't even really lived life yet, have no um, way to really relate to anything that these people are saying. And they're just regarding Elon Musk and Kanye as gods. And it's just so weird to see this God complex kind of come into play now. I mean, it's also interesting because 
whatever you want to say, like Elon Musk, you can say whatever about him. It's 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 kind of in doubt where that talent really lies. Kanye has the talent. So it's also an extra layer of it's not like someone like I don't know. I'm just pulling this out of my just pulling this out of thin air. Um someone like Iggy Azalea who all of a sudden has fans and we have no idea why. It's like everybody can agree on the fact that Kanye is super talented as an artist. And I think because of that, it becomes kind of, it comes it becomes harder to condemn this type of thing because you can't have a full 1000%, no matter what he does, I hate it attitude towards it the same way that you can with the Elon Musk or the same way you can with even Andrew Tate or all these um content creators coming up now that have like this insane niche dedicated almost like Nicki Minaj Barb like fandom like even Nicki Minaj doesn't get to that level and we know like everybody knows that the Barbs are crazy as fuck so it's just so interesting to see what happens when an artist or anybody, a public figure is being worshipped and there's more credibility than 99% of all the other similar situations in that. Yeah, it's it's just weird to me because it feels like the young kids love Kanye, but they weren't there for like the, the Kanye that everyone fell in love with you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they weren't (laughs) they weren't there i mean even even you and i are like too young to have gotten the first two albums like that like 2004 2005 i was in like that's first and second grade yeah and then like i remember graduation coming out i remember stronger like you know what i mean and then like heartless was obviously a huge song so I remember like the singles, but still like 2008, I'm 10 years old. It's not like watch the sports center. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I like, I mean, the first album I ever had was not like the first, first album I ever had. The first album I like had to kind of work for was uh like, I had to give like a blank disc to like uh one of my friends in middle school who could burn beautiful doctors of fantasy for me. You know what I mean? And like, he wrote like the name and Sharpie and like, had I think it was like Twisted Dark. He had it backwards. So it's like, you know what? Like, Twisted Dark Fantasy. Yeah. By then, West Kanye. Yeah. And then I saw him on the Yeezus tour. And then, you know what I mean? And it was like everything, it made sense for like, that's what I mean. It's like this, this generate the generation before us was there for like the rise. And then they handed like this, this artist off. And then he carried the torch for our generation for a really long time. But it's just strange to me that like this this generation that seems to be his most like avid fan base right now is like came in for like like kids see ghosts and yay like yeah. that's their reference point for <laughs> for him and that's like what they're like riding on that's crazy to me because yeah. it's like even it's... Pablo came out when we were still in high school so mm-hmm. it's like like we were still young you know what I mean like we were in college when those came out and even then those kids I was were like, still watching Noggin and right yeah loose and, like, and shit. So it's it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me at all, but it is what it is. I I think that this re- this weekend stuff with him like talking crazy will 
this feels like a little more like final than some other things. Not final, but it's kind of like, you know what you said about you can't hundred percent hate it because there's still like obviously the the talent is undeniable and always has been. It's easier to become indifferent. Yeah, it's easier to become like yo. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I don't like and not that I don't care about what he's doing. It's horrible, like the stuff he's saying. But it's more like if new music comes out, if clothes, whatever, like where I used to be, like really like watching it and in in anticipating it. It's like now I'm just like okay, like I don't, I just don't care. Yeah, I mean, I think there's power in not caring. I think that the probably the best thing to do is to not care because I for, I forgot I, I forgot who said it, but someone, some famous person, I think it might have been. I think it was academics who said, whether you hate me or you love me, if you click on this video, you're still supporting me. Like in whatever way, it's still support. And I think that, I, I agree with that. I think that it's true across the board. That's why um, as much as I don't like Stephen A. Smith's opinions from time to time, when I click on it, it's still me technically supporting him. Um, That's he private. He'd be... <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but he like, but I think within that it's, whatever Kanye says, you have the fan base that's going to be like, yeah, it's Kanye. He's a guy. Whatever he says is true, whatever. And then you're going to have the other side that has that strong rebuke towards him. And I think that perhaps, like, at a certain point, it's just like, why give that person the, what they're craving, the engagement that they're craving from just saying things like that? Because for all we know, he could just be saying this stuff and he's just saying it just to say he believes none of this stuff at all, but it's just such good marketing for him. And it keeps him in the news that he continues to do it over and over again. So like within that, we don't even know what the true intentions of all this shit is. And I feel like for me, at least people in the media, the one thing that you should know before you start talking about something or before you decide something's a huge story is you should know or have a good idea of what the facts are behind it, with whether it be intention, what went on, et cetera, et cetera. We obviously have what went on. And I guess that's in the rush to be first. That's the main thing that matters, but still intention or trying to peel the curtain back and figure out what's going on still matters. and should still be, I think it should be more reinforced than ever. And I guess if you don't know how to peel back the curtain or figure out intention, watch the cat podcast. Yeah, it's it it's interesting in that in that way too because every time someone does, you know, like it's always like the intention, the intention, the intention, but like increasingly it's become increasingly common lately and more recently for no matter what explanation gets cooked up by whoever, either you know, yay or his fans are like, still, no matter what, no matter what anyone says, they're like, no, you don't get it though. You don't get it. Like, you know what I mean? So at some point it is kind of like, okay, well, if, if, if we don't get anything that's being said, if, if people, you know, if they don't get it, unless you're like in that mentality or that mindset, if at some point it's like, okay, then all we have is what's there at face value, because if no one ever gets it, and if you claim that no one ever gets it for after 20 years of people trying to get it, it's like it's it's that's where the indifference comes in it's like the attention is the ultimate goal and it always has been the ultimate goal and where it feels like all the other pieces that used to make make that part worth it or that part felt like part of the 
art piece, it doesn't to me at least it doesn't feel like that anymore. Yeah. Like there is no more like the rant about like you ain't got the answer sway, that was directly related to his ability to create. And Turned recently out Sway had the answers, by the way. I know. Recently it feels a lot more like ideological. Yeah. And a lot more ideas driven and like this is how you should think and not how you should create or you should, you know, it's like in it it definitely has a more sinister feeling now than it ever has. So yeah. that's where I think the indifference can be really powerful because I feel like the more attention it used to be that the attention could swing one way and be like, Oh, all this, all this other stuff was crazy, but here's like a good product. And everyone's like, Oh, okay, cool. Like here's another chance. And now it's like, people aren't giving that extra chance and it's getting more and more sinister every time. So I think that's where the indifference needs to come in for more people where it's just like, it won't cause it's guaranteed clicks. But at some point it's like, the attention is what the attention is the end goal. So at what point how it is. does the internet, because all of this is really for the internet. At what point does the internet say real What, at what point does the world of the internet interact with the real life to understand the real life damage that's coming from this? Yeah. And it's just, it's just wild, but hey. we have a podcast. <laughs> We have an album to talk about. We do. We have, this is episode 323 of the Cat Podcast. That is Taylor McLeod. I am Nate Sperlin. Thank you for watching on YouTube and listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, uh, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and more. Do us a favor. Hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media. And check out the Old Milk Spins playlist on Spotify and YouTube. That being said... We are here to talk about the Migos minus one, Quavo and Takeoff, Unk and Few, only built for Infinity Links, 18 tracks long, 59 minutes long, featuring Mustard, NBA Youngboy, Young Thug, Gunna, Summer Walker, Birdman, and Gucci Mane. Taylor, what did you think about only built for Infinity Links? I love the packaging. Mm. I love how it was it was put across. I love the title, like you know, paying homage for only built for Cuban links. I like the cover obviously feels very, very outcasty, which is perfect because they're from Atlanta. And I love it when artists nowadays pay homage to where they're from or the artists for, from where they're from, because it's like, that doesn't seem to happen nearly as much as it used to. They all want to be um, from Atlanta, but they are actually from Atlanta. Right. <laughs> the main issue here. I think my biggest, my biggest takeaway from listening to it, you know, over the weekend is that, I like it when there's more space for in like the people to work. And I think that having, having to put all three of them, Quavo take off and offset on each song, except for, except for biggest fun. Um, sometimes you just had points where it was like a perfect example to me is made men off culture Two, take off kills the first two thirds of that song mm -hmm. and Quavo and Offset are, are are great on it as well but they split the third verse and I love that because sometimes it feels like they it was like all right this song has to be a little bit longer because we need to get you know <laughs> another Migo in and and I, I like on this project that you have you have the space for just two of them to work and even in even in songs where like I might wish it was just one of their songs, because there's some songs where I'm like, 
I don't need I don't need Quavo on this or I don't need takeoff on this. But with just two of them, there's a lot more opportunity for them to like really, really show what they're capable of working together, but also individually. Um, especially in the songs that are more split in half. Yeah. I I agree with your thought process, but I don't agree with your conclusion. I think that while there is more space for both of them to work, it kind of shows you. I came away from this project feeling like Offset is a glue, and this is a, um, this is a popsicle stick pyramid that does not have glue anymore, and it just fell apart. Is how I feel about it. Um, the first thing I want to say is, and this may be, this may be a critique that will be responded to by saying, "Well, it's the Migos or it's Quavo and Takeoff. That's not really their thing." I kind of wanted more vulnerability specifically from Quavo on this album. There are numerous times where he references Offset or Saweetie without really saying their names. And my thing is, if you don't want to talk about it, then don't talk about it. But if you're going to continuously put in these subliminal messages directed towards or directed about Saweetie and Offset and what may or may not have happened, nothing has been confirmed then go more in depth about it because it, it kind of the artistry within going in depth about that the same way that people love summer walker because she goes through this relationship or even taylor swift like she goes through a relationship and then she'll tell you everything that she's feeling or the same reason why people like estg or liked king von or benny the butcher when they put you in that car when they're doing those things that they're doing the same way that that happens like the picture it just isn't it comes across as shallow um like it, it just is it just is super shallow to me and I don't really that's not really something I really gravitate to especially when um for the majority of their career they have been driven on making hits and making anthems and the magic isn't there anymore I don't think I don't think there's one song that I come from off of this that's like this is on the same level of T-shirt or this is on the same level of Handsome and Wealthy. There isn't really even Made Men, um, BBO on um, Culture 2 um, with 21 Savage on that song. There isn't really anything on the same level as that. I also think the fact that we have, have gotten individual albums from Quavo and Takeoff and understanding Takeoff's ability in particular and... Personally, I wasn't really a fan of the Quavo um, individual album. I was a real huge fan of the Takeoff album. So understanding that as well and understanding that I was really going into this with, um, if you will, a fan being a fan of one and a half of these artists, me being a fan of Takeoff and me halfly being a fan of Quavo, um, it kind of it, it kind of left me underwhelmed in that way. I, I just needed more. Um, I either needed more actual hits or I needed more vulnerability in the same way that we see artists like Rick Ross, for example, who at the beginning, he was more of a hit maker. He always had the talent, but towards the end in his most recent projects, we've seen that vulnerability start to develop more um, just as an art, just as 
artists age in general, you kind of see that vulnerability start to happen as albums continue and continue. We talked about how Meg Thee Stallion, we saw a impressive amount of vulnerability that we hadn't seen from her before in her last project. And I just wish that that would have continued the concept of the increase in vulnerability would have continued throughout this. And it kind of, it not kind of, it did fall short in that way. I agree. And I think in terms of my, you know, point about the space is it's literally just like a, like song composition thing. You know what I mean? It's like not even like a, how they work with each other because like, like we were just talking about being the age we are, we got to experience the Migos at a really interesting time where they were like really like ascending super crazy when we were like leaving high school. And then that first year of college was like probably, probably the last real genuine wave of like superstardom or like a fandom that's like feels so real in like in real life and not just on the internet where it was like, no, you're hearing this everywhere. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, in that way, in that way, this kind of music worked then because it was like, that's what, that's what so much of pop culture at the time wanted from the Migos because that's what they were best at. And I feel like the creativity was at a different level then. And it's almost a little formulaic now. It's a little paint by numbers. And while it still sounds good, I think both Quavo and Takeoff are talented. I think I'm glad you said what you did about Takeoff. And I think it's becoming a almost like across the board take the takeoff has always been probably the best rapper of the three. Yeah. I think they have different styles and so right, right following that era where they were just hugely popular and it was like culture came out when we were freshmen in college and it like, it was, it was just the perfect album for that time. And then it was two years straight. Quavo was on every single song. Mm -hmm. And I think that was hard for a lot of people because it was like this, like, almost inundation of this one artist but in this very same way every single time it's like we're going to get the hook from Bo on pop songs on hip-hop songs on crossover songs and like to get that and then there was an individual album and it was just like all right this is it's like it's like a lot of Quavo this is fine and I know people love that and he is probably he is like the face of the Migos where Offset and Takeoff have always been better rappers. He is the face of the Migos. So, like, in that role can't be downplayed. It really can't. Like, the groups need that. But now it's just two of them, and a lot of these songs, like you said, like, it's like an attempt at an old anthem, but that formula doesn't work anymore. And so after a couple listens, you you know what to expect, so it sounds better, and you're like, okay, like, songs are still good. I think they're still good. But, it, like, it feels like an entire album of filler, in a way without yeah. the without anthems that are supposed to like take an album like this and put it on the top because it's like these four or five songs the ones and everything else is like leading you there and it makes everything else worth it it's just not like that on this track and i i really agree with you in terms of vulnerability where we've heard so many of these records from them about similar things and similar processes and then you have, you just don't have the vulnerability on this. And it's like, it's like the same thing. And they're obviously older and they're at a different place and stuff has happened that I want to hear about. And you just don't, it's like these allusions to things, but it's never like right to it. Yeah. It's, um, 
I, I don't I don't come out of this album really wanting like I want to see what happens with a takeoff solo career more than I want to see what happens with this duo like either bring them bring all three of them back or like I mean you guys can also just always be on each other's songs and stuff like that and make collab albums when you want to but I really um we're gonna see what an offset solo career looks like um I'm just interested because I think the way I always looked at it was I don't think one I don't think anyone disagrees that Quavo was the face I also don't think anyone really disagrees that Takeoff was the best rapper but I think that Offset was the, again, he was the glue. He was the most well-rounded out of the three, which is why I'm super sure. curious to see what happens with an Offset solo. Well, we saw that before with, um, I believe it's called Father of Four that came out in 2018, I want to say, 2018 or 2019. Um, but I want to I see what happens when Offset is able to I want to I want to see a solo well we're going to see it but a solo offset career is basically what I'm trying to get at um and also it doesn't really it doesn't appear at least from the interviews and from what we've heard so far it doesn't appear that the split was about um QC or wasn't about um creative differences it seems like it was something more um personal to them which again we can speculate but this isn't the podcast for it so i'm just interested to see i guess um but i i think that they could have this was just underwhelming to me even with the features like there was a like the young boy feature didn't really do it for me um the Birdman and gucci like the only feature that really did it for me was the summer walker and the young thug feature that did it for me as well but Aside from that, like I, I feel like the placements could have been better. Also, the mixing on the first three tracks was also kind of weird. Um, the first two tracks, Quavo was louder than Takeoff, and then on the third track, the beat is louder than both of them. It just it feels rushed. It doesn't feel like there was much thought process put into it, um, much intention put into it. So, yeah, those are my final thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and. It's hard because we talk about intentionality all the time. And in a way, I almost feel the opposite about the intentionality. It feels like it was intentional and that might be the problem. That it's like, all right, we can we can keep reusing this formula to make these hits over and over and over again. Um, and it just it's just not the same. And they they came up in an era where it's the right at the end of the blog era shifting into streaming and they dominated that switch like they were probably along with drake who had to deal with apple at the time so it was like kind of unfair in a way mm -hmm. where it's like yeah he yeah of course like he he released if you're reading this as an apple exclusive mixtape to like kick off streaming it felt like but the the migos kind of dominated that and a lot has changed since then. And based on based on like what you and I have talked about pretty much every every episode. And I think the most important piece to all this that connects everything is the cap note that you did on Bad Habit, mm -hmm. where it's like, what makes a hit song nowadays? And it's kind of like, like, who knows? In a way, it's like. It's like if it 
if the if the 14 year olds on tiktok love it and find a way to like <laughs> flip it into a couple you know 30 second video or 10 second video or whatever it is if they can do that and then the 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 cool college kids are like yeah we can we can do the same thing like you know what i mean it feels that like that's sense. how it goes it's like the young people Right. And I guess that's probably how how things have always flowed. And mm-hmm. we're just getting older. Obviously, we're like we're not ancient or anything, but no. it's like we're getting older. So now it feels a little different where it's like we aren't in on the bottom floor of some something. So it's like Bad Habits. Great. I loved it when it came out on the thing. And I was just like, oh, this is an amazing song. But I didn't think a, a Steve Lacey song like social media was was the driver for that. It wasn't yeah. like a. So I think that the like uh, Unk and Few, Quavo and Takeoff are are just in the middle of trying to figure out that switch and this album kind of feels like a all right, we ran the same offense we've been running for the last 7 years because it's worked a lot and you know, like maybe someone got hurt. I mean, you can kind of equate it to that and then it's like, all right, whatever, we can just keep running the same thing. And it's like, nah, even if Offset was there, you couldn't keep just doing no. the same thing. Like, yeah. And it, Culture 3 seemed like, like the, an end. The reason, right. And the reason Bad and Bougie was so great is because you had like a newcomer in Uzi who really like, it was like these yeah, guys. Yeah, like, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. right. And the whole thing was, was great. And it had these quotables. And I mean, they have a song called Bars into Captions, which, kind of like flips so fresh and so clean which is cool you know especially with the album cover but it's just like i think underwhelming is just the perfect word for it like it's yeah. good it's sonically like they've made enough music and enough good music to like they're not gonna they're not gonna put out an unlistenable product like you know like they're gonna make something you can listen to but it doesn't it doesn't have the same impact that it used to and it kind of feels like relying on something that's outdated yeah for sure that's the perfect way to um describe it stale um dated as you said before i think is the perfect way to describe it but that being said what are your favorite tracks uh i like 230 and i like nothing changed yeah i got look at this hell yeah and tools um yeah those are the three all right thank you for watching the cat podcast this has been episode 323 let us know your thoughts on only built for infinity links in the comments below do us a favor hit the like button and subscribe to the channel check us on instagram twitter and tiktok at old milk media and check out the old milk spins plays on spotify and youtube we will we we will be back next week because little baby's dropping next week so that's going to be exciting and yeah we'll see you next week we're out thanks for watching